Amen. And so that's, uh, the devil has no, no uh, ability to, uh, to uh, run the lives of human beings regardless if they're saved or not saved. You know, uh, he'll only run the lives of human beings that allow him to do that in the church or outside the church. Amen. Uh, and so if we can understand that, it makes it easy to uh, deal with people that have demonic oppression or even possession in their life because all you really need to know is what do you want? If they want free, then you have the power to get them free. You know, it doesn't take hours of, you know, uh, let go and let loose and hang on. And it's just exercising the name of Jesus and it doesn't require a loud voice or, or, or throwing up or head spinning around at 360 degrees. Uh, it's just uh, exercising the name of Jesus, amen? Yeah, and, uh, and so uh, it's uh, Brother Randy's been, uh, the Lord's been working on him to start having some, uh, some special meetings to teach more about uh, demonic uh, possession and dealing with the devil. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, other than in my own personal life and dealing with my own, the, the things that I've had to deal with in my own life, uh, you know, I've not, uh, and just, just general uh, demonic oppression, I've not dealt with much demonic possession. I've seen some of it in, in third world countries, uh, but just my, my path of my ministry, I've not had to deal with it all that much. Uh, but um, not, don't have to fear the devil, amen. I don't fear the devil, and uh, he's a defeated foe, amen. Uh, Brother Randy, on the other hand, spent many years in prison where devils are free to roam, you know, in people's lives, and so he has had... Uh, I, I don't know if it's good, it's good fortune or not to, uh, that he's dealt with it, but he has dealt with it. And so uh, he has much that can be assistance to the rest of the church uh, in dealing with those things. Amen. Uh, because especially in our society, uh, you know, in our day-to-day -day, uh, lives that we deal with, as far as fully possessed people, we don't see that as much in, in America as you do in other places. Now, you know, recently, uh, you know, even in the last five years, I think that has has swung uh, much further towards seeing that in an open way, especially with the, the drive to transgender our kids and to sexualize our children. You know, only devil-possessed people want to, want to do that to your children, right? I mean, you know, it used to be people did weird things in their household when nobody was looking and, you know, it was a secret and, and, and you know, it was, it was a weird fetish and it was still demonic, but it wasn't as outright aggressive possessed people with devils that's trying to, we want your children. Well, that sounds like Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember when they banged on Lot's do our door when the angels were there? Give us those men. Well, why do they want them? Because they were crazy weirdos, right? Uh, and perverted people. Well, that's the that's exact same thing going on today in our, in our society, right? In our, in our polite, you know, uh, Christian society, weirdos and devilish people are trying to, to convert children. And that's why, the, the, in their thoughts, of course, they're wrong, but they think that if we can get a hold of the children, we can get them perverted early on and keep them perverted in, in, in this world. But children are alive unto God up to a certain point until they choose to, to follow their own path. And, and uh, they're resilient, amen? I was raised by a pack of wolves, and I turned out just fine, right? And, and so, you know, uh, they will lose that battle, amen? They think that they will win it, but they will lose the battle because people's hearts always long for the Lord. It doesn't matter... Uh, if you're in church, if you've never heard of Jesus, your spirit longs for the Lord. Amen. I didn't grow up in church, didn't know anything about the Lord other than a few TV shows. My heart longed for the Lord. And, and he worked it out so I could find him. Amen. I didn't know how to find him. He worked it out so I could find him. And so I'm convinced that every human being on the earth can find the Lord. Amen. And uh, all these devilish people, uh, that, will, that will pass. It will come to an end. Uh, uh, they, those crazy people will still be crazy people, but this whole, uh, uh, it's almost a pandemic of uh, perversion that's, uh, that has attacked our country right now. Uh, and it, the, and it, the level of perversion is just, you, know, you think about, you know, 10 years ago, you know, even, even uh, six or seven years ago, this wasn't going on, amen, not, not in this way. There's always been crazy people and perverted people in, in secret, but now it's, like it's, it's promoted and it's encouraged and demanded that you approve of it and accept it and, and agree with it. Uh, and, of course, we in the church will never do that. Uh, and um, now the balance of that is we don't condemn people in that, in the, those, uh, that lifestyle, those choices, because they're, they're deceived, amen? Uh, and now it doesn't mean we have to yield to them or, or placate them or, or, or um, 
uh, allow them uh, to run rampant in our society, in our churches, in our, in our, um, in our schools, uh, we, we attack that, amen? We attack that in prayer. We attack that uh, by using the name of Jesus. We don't do any physical attacks, of course, like they do. Uh, but there's a church, I saw a church the other day with a pastor was a transgender person, which, you know, I don't know if it's a boy or a girl, you know, it's, I mean, uh, the goal is to not, is to make it so you can't tell. Well, they did a good job. I couldn't tell if it was a boy or a girl. Uh, and, uh, and, but it was a boy or a girl, and it was whatever they were born as, you know, and so, but uh, we have to be careful about not spewing hatred because uh, last time I checked, God still loved the whole world. Yeah. Yeah. And didn't he love the whole world? Yeah. You know, when he said that, you reckon there were any perverted people in the world? I mean, there's always been perverted people. Rome was, was, was well known for its, its professional grade perverts, right? I mean, just uh, world renowned perversion that was going on in the Roman Empire. Uh, and, and Jesus said, God so loved the whole world at that point in time. Amen. Other cultures have been known to do great amounts of perversion, you know, which is weird. I mean, just things that uh, you can't even talk about in polite company. Uh, but he loved the whole world. He loves these people. Amen. Well, we do not accept that. We will not approve of it in the church. Amen. Uh, and, uh, and, and why that's even an argument, I have no idea. Right. I mean, the whole, you know, it's kind of odd, but the United Methodist Church uh, needs to rename to, to not United Methodist Church, you know, but the, the, they're having huge splits, right? Hundreds and thousands of churches from the United Methodists are leaving the camp because the leadership wants to ordain uh, homosexuals in, in, into the pulpit. And the regular Christians go, you know, there's something wrong with that, amen? Regular normal Christians go, you know, uh, there's a thing called the Bible that we ought to do, amen? Uh, and, uh, and so now there's all kinds of lawsuits and people uh, getting mad at each other and, and and they're, you know, these leadership people, they're the devil. I mean, if they ever would read after their founding documents from John Wesley, he was, he was a firebrand. I mean, he would just go in and just, just, uh, just tell people, you're, you're the laziest bunch of uh, no goods I've ever seen. And then he said, and they weren't offended when I said that. <laughs> and so, I mean, nowadays you go, hey, uh, you know, uh, we should start on time. And people just so offended and leave the church because you asked them to come to church on time. Uh, and so... I'm not mad anybody relate. I'm just just saying you know you can't say hardly anything anymore nowadays with people getting so offended, yeah, and of course our goal and desire should never be to to offend. That shouldn't be the intent and uh, what we say. But sometimes you have to say things. Jesus said many things. You know, let the dead bury the dead. Uh, you know, uh, don't be covetous just because you want some of your father's inheritance. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, you are you are of your father the devil. Your whitewashed sepulchers full of dead men's bones. Your vipers and snakes. And, he, he skipped that whole how to win friends and influence people book, didn't he? So, uh, but everything he said was, was with a kind heart, amen? Uh, with a heart to help people. Uh, and so it, it was never intended to, to harm people, although people would take obviously offense at being called a whitewashed sepulcher for dead men's bones, even if they didn't know what that meant, right? Uh, and so, but we're okay, Amen. Uh, the thing we have to guard ourselves is not, not to get hateful about sin. Amen. I see so much in the church where they get behind the pulpit and they're mad at sinners. I mean, spitting mad like I hate them. You know, the, the sound and the tone of their voice is hatred and bitterness. We should never have that. Now, I don't like innocent people getting harmed. And these, these sinners that, that are trying to sexualize our children, uh, there is uh, righteous anger that can be reserved towards them. Amen. Uh, because... Uh, you know, what people do to themselves and in their closed doors, none of my business. I don't care. You know, it's, you know, I mean, I care in the sense that I don't want them to die and go to hell. But when they start attacking innocent children and try to pervert the children, you know, really anybody else, if they're in the, trying to become a leader of perversion uh, and lead innocent people away, but uh, there's no more innocent people than the children, then people like that need, need to be uh, to prayed out, right? Uh, and they shouldn't be in any leadership position. They shouldn't be in any, in any schools at all. They shouldn't have a job. They should be put uh, in somewhere. Let them go buy an island somewhere and all go, you know, perversion island if they want to and go do all that. But, um, uh, but it's everywhere. I mean, it, it has swept the country. I mean, it's amazing. And it swept the world. Uh, uh, and, uh, I mean, Canada right now, the, Canada has turned into a weird place, you know. But, um, I mean, you know, uh, my intent is to look at these things from a spiritual standpoint. It's not about the politics of it. It's not about passing laws. It's about the, what, what have we allowed in our, into, our, uh, into our nation 
that has allowed us to be spiritually to be that way. Amen. And really, it's the church not doing its job being a leader. Amen. You know, we should stand against these things and not be fearful to, to say, well, that's just wrong. Uh, and, and I don't have a problem with saying, well, that's just weird. You know? you know, if it's weird and perverted, I don't have any problem saying it's weird and perverted. Or it's of the devil. Because they can't argue with that. You know, they're going, well, there's no devil. <laughs> well, there is. You just go look in the mirror, right? Uh, you're full of them. Uh, and so uh, these folks are, it's unfortunate. Uh, they'll all have to stand in judgment, not only for their own sins, but how they have harmed other people. Amen. And uh, uh, the, the, thing, the, the things that I've read, of course, you take it with a little bit of grain of salt. But the things that I've read about, about people that have gotten information uh, about hell specifically, they tell you that those that were deceived the most by the devil in the sense that, hey, this is the best way to go do it. Uh, and so all these people that are leading this perversion think that they're doing the right thing and thinking that they're going to get in good with the devil. Uh, they will oftentimes will, will, will suffer the most harsh uh, torment from the devil because he's... he's uh, just out of spite and, and uh, to spite them to saying, hey, I fooled you into thinking that you're going to have some great place in my kingdom. And so I'm going to reserve the, the greatest torment for you because of, of uh, 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 I just want to show you how wrong you really were. And so uh, that, whether that's true or not, you know, doesn't really matter. They will still end up in hell in the fire, in the lake of fire, uh, except for the grace and mercy of the, of the Lord. Amen. Can the Lord save people like that? Absolutely. Uh, has he saved people like that? He's probably saved some of those folks. There have been a lot of stories of people turning away from that type of mentality. And, um, and it's the same thing in the homosexual community. I know uh, stories of, uh, and know people that have left that whole lifestyle. Well, if you were born that way, how do you leave that? Amen. And I know people that, that, that uh, convert and go to the other direction. They were normal people, and one day they switched sides, amen, and went to the other side, well, how they, if they were born that way, why didn't they live that way from the time they were born? Well, they weren't, right? And so it's a lie that says they were born that way. Nobody was born that way. I've had people leave the church because they told me that people were born that way. And I said, well, no, they're not born that way. They're born alive unto God. Amen. And if you're born alive unto God, you desire to do everything God wants you to do and to live exactly the way the Lord tells you to live, which is according to the word of God. And they say, what's wrong with that? Well, the reason it's wrong is because if, if you followed your spirit perfectly all the days of your life, you would never desire to do anything uh, of, of that type of perversion. There would be no desire to do it. There would be no, no unction to do it. There would no, be no, no uh, intent to do that ever. You, the thought of even doing that wouldn't cross your mind. You would, you would naturally be drawn to the gender that the Lord designed you to be drawn to when you were born. If you're a boy, you would be naturally drawn to girls. If you're a girl, you'd be naturally drawn to boys. That's... If, if we all lived in our spirits according to God's plan, that's the way the all of humanity would be. There would be no halfway there. So there would be an exception to that rule. Uh, and so the, reason, the only reason why then those things occur where people are, are attracted to uh, people that they sh shouldn't be attracted to is because they yield to the devil. Uh, and they yield to the lies of the devil. Hey, you like this, you don't like that. And they will follow that lie. Uh, and, that, and that's how they end up that way. You know, and they say, well, I, they weren't born that way. But they may have been thinking about that for a long time, a lot of years sometimes, you know, maybe uh, even decades before they, before they yield to that particular thought. Uh, but it originated from the devil. It didn't originate from the Lord. Amen. They didn't come out of the womb that way. They became that way by listening to voices they ought not listen to and by, by, uh, by hearing things that they ought not hear. That's why they want to teach sexual sex uh, education to children, to first, second, third graders, and talk about deviant sexual lifestyles because they think if they can get in there young, they can start getting these kids thinking about that. Well, you know, when I was in first or second grade, I didn't think anything about girls other than they were gross, you know? I mean, you know, all girls were gross uh, and uh, until I got to be, you know, uh, like junior high, you know, they became less gross. And, and, and so, uh, and then later on, you know, they were all right. I kind of liked them, but you know, uh, but for a lot, of, a lot of years, you know, other than just having cooties, that, that you didn't think anything about girls, right? And so, uh, and uh, that's normal, amen? Uh, boys are that way, girls are that way. You know, if you had girls, you know, uh, ask, a, ask a third grade girl, what do you think about boys? They're, they're uh, boys drool, right? And that's, that's all I think about is boys drool. And most boys do, right? So anyway, but uh, uh, that's not neither here nor there. What we need to make sure is we walk according to the plan of God, amen? We don't become hateful to, towards these people, but we stand the ground, Amen. Uh, and, and, um, and we speak the truth, 
uh, we speak the truth in love. Amen. Don't get mad at you. Well, you're still wrong. You know, I'm mad at you because you don't believe it. Uh, and it's not that we believe. It's, it's irrelevant what we believe. It's just what the word says. Amen. Uh, if the word says that, uh, uh, that, that, uh, that one man marries one woman, then one man should marry one woman. Amen. And this is, this is not even a hard doctrine to understand. Amen. It's when we have our flesh and our desires and we want to twist the word of God to appease our flesh and desires instead of our flesh and desires submitting to our spirits. We want our, our spirits to submit to our flesh. And, uh, and it's in the church. I mean, it, it's so much in the church, you know, and this has been going on in the church, especially homosexuality in, in the pulpit uh, for decades. It's not anything new, but it's been going on for a long time and, and um, it's unfortunate. Uh, these things are not hard to understand, amen? Uh, but I think where the church is, has gotten out of balance is by not walking in love in these situations. You can walk in love and still p- tell people they're wrong, amen? You can walk in love and still people tell people they're in sin. Um, but uh, you, uh, we should not shoot and bury everybody. And, and just to go along with that, you know, if somebody is involved in a homosexual community and someone is involved in the, in the transgender uh, insanity, uh, that doesn't mean they're going to die and go to hell, amen? People say that immediately sends them to hell. How is that any different than any other sin, amen, other than being more gross than your average sin, but it's still, how is it different than, than being in pride or being a person who, who is easily angered or being a person who is disrespectful to their parents? Didn't the Bible say to honor your mother and father? What about people who are disrespectful to their parents and, and uh, worship the Lord? What about husbands love your wives? What about some husbands who don't treat their wives correctly, right? amen? The Bible says to honor your wife as a failure of the grace of life. Uh, didn't the Bible say that in 1 Peter 3, 7? Well, what about husbands who don't honor their wives as a failure of the grace of life? Um, are they going to die and go to hell? I'm not any man's judge, amen? We should leave it at that. Well, is that going to send them to hell? Uh, what's, what's their profession of faith? Do they have a profession of faith? They say, I don't believe in God, I believe in Jesus. Well, they're going to die and go to hell. That's their profession of faith. If they say, I'm a Christian, but I'm also a lesbian or homosexual, are they going to go to hell? I'm not their judge. I leave it. I leave it. I leave it alone. If they say they're a Christian but they're living in open sin, I leave it alone because I'm not their judge. You know, uh, if you go to First Corinthians chapter five, remember the man was sleeping with his mother's wife and the Lord's or his father's wife, so his stepmother, which is kind of gross, right? But he was sleeping with his stepmother, and G- and Paul said, "I have handed him over to Satan for the destruction of his what flesh, that he might be saved in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ." Amen. So Paul's desire was the man not miss heaven. And he said, if he continues this down this path, he may miss heaven. So in order to avoid him missing heaven, I'm asking the Lord to destroy uh, or to allow him to be destroyed because by handing over to Satan, that means the Lord has to allow that to occur. Uh, and uh, if he checks out early physically, he gets to go to heaven. Uh, and so is that the case every time? There's no law. Amen. I, I'm not anybody's judge other than by what you say. Uh, and if you say, I'm a Christian, but I live this lifestyle, uh, am I going to heaven? I can't, I can't answer that question because um, if you're openly living in sin, uh, did you do that when you were first a Christian? Then, I, you know, I don't, you know, because the Bible says that you've got to confess with your heart uh, the Lord Jesus as your Lord. Amen. And, and a lot of people say, well, well I'm, I want to be a Christian, but I want to live how I want to. Well, I'm not sure if you ever successfully confess him as Lord, right? I mean, I know that he's not 100% Lord in all of our lives sometimes, uh, but in general, I think we want him to be. Don't you want him to be the Lord in your life all the time? Uh, and so you have to leave it alone, amen? You have to, I'm not anybody's judge. If they, unless they tell me, I don't believe in Jesus and the work that he did, well, then you're going to go to hell. You know, that's, but if they say, I believe in Jesus and the blood of the cross, and yet I want to live the way I want to live, am I going to heaven? I, I, I can't answer that question, amen? Uh, I mean, according to your faith, if that's really true, uh, it's 50-50, amen? Because I don't know if you really, if you really did call him Lord or if you're just saying you want to call him Lord, right? So, If you have to ask, because he said you'll know him by what? Their fruits, right? And so if they're all their fruit is sin, you know, you'd, you'd be suspicious, amen? But again, uh, uh, if they say one thing that, that uh, may imply they're out, my encouragement is you just leave it alone. Amen? Because it doesn't matter uh, if, if they're deluded in thinking these things, then, you know, you can say, well, you need to get out of the sin. Well, I don't want to. Well, then, you, then, then your work is done either way. Amen? Uh, and so we pray for them, and we pray Ephesians chapter 1 prayers for them to see these things. Uh, but um, 
but I'm for sure not going to run around and say, well, if you're committing a, a particular sin, you're going to die and go to hell. I, I just, the only sin I know that absolute guarantees you to go to hell is not accepting the Lord Jesus. Amen. That's it. Um, everything else, uh, and people think that's a big, that's a controversial statement. I didn't write the, the word. You know, the Bible says that, that he will con convict the world of sin, righteous judge it of sin because they believe not on me. He didn't say he convict the world of sin because of the things they're doing and the, and the list of bad things they've committed in their life. He said, because they believe not on me. If they believe on him, uh, will it, do, do Christians sin? Well, Christians sin. So, well, what's 1-9 says that you need to confess your sin because he's faithful and just to forgive you for sin and to cleanse you from all righteousness. So Christians do sin. There is, there is forgiveness when Christians sin. So, well, what's, is there a list of bad sins that, uh, that are worse than other sins, you know? Uh, does 1 John 5, 16 say that there's a sin unto death? There is a sin unto death, amen? There's a sin unto spiritual death that, that uh, in a sense that you're mature enough to make that decision. You know, uh, any two-year-olds or three-year-olds or four-year-olds ever told their parents they don't want them to be their parents anymore? I'm sure they did. Do you think, uh, uh, well, take them if you're qualified in the sense that you're mature enough to make that decision. You know, uh, any two-year-olds or three-year-olds or four-year-olds ever told their parents they don't want them to be their parents anymore? I'm sure they did. Do you think, uh, uh, well, that's probably a little young, but maybe, maybe a little bit older than that. Uh, did the parents say, okay, you know, go live on your own? Well, no, the parents just said, shut up and go to your room. Uh, because a child is not really aware mentally to make that particular decision. And so that gets into a lot of, I mean, we're, we're just trying to introduce a service tonight. So, um, but um, I want to make sure that the church stays the course, amen? We stay the course of walking in love without compromise amen and so oftentimes we think that walking in love will result in compromise it walking in love jesus was the greatest example and yet he never compromised not one time and yet did it bother him to be around sinners clearly not i mean he how many times did they did they fuss at him you're hanging around all these sinners uh, it, it didn't bother him at all to be around them. amen now he he never yielded amen he never he never compromised to be around them uh, and oftentimes he would he would help them uh, tell him go sin no more, didn't he? Many times he told him go and sin no more, uh, and so, uh, and sometimes he, without even asking, he'd say your sins are forgiven. Man, remember the man who was born by his four friends there in Luke chapter five? He said, uh, he said, your your sins are forgiven uh, before he healed him, and he he didn't repent, he didn't ask for forgiveness, but the Lord uh, just uh, sovereignly chose to forgive him because he knew that that was necessary uh, in order to uh, for him to obtain his. Amen. Uh, so let, let's just be careful about these things. Uh, it's it's really, uh, especially in our society right now. If you if you um, you know if we went on a street corner or wrote in a paper what we believe, there would be uh, torches and uh, maybe not here in, in Dayton, Tennessee, but uh, <laughs> but the, some people would not like it. Amen. And, and of course, we're not trying to stir anything up. We're not trying to be that church, right? Who's always stirring things up. Uh, but we have to speak the truth, and we have to stay the course, because the worst thing in the world is for a church to allow sin to come into it, and, and then uh, the life of God is, leaves the church, and we're just left with the Moose Lodge, amen? Anybody want to join a Moose Lodge? Yeah, I don't want to join a Moose Lodge, so, uh, so let's pray and thank the Lord for His Word. So, Father, we thank You for the Word tonight. We thank You, Father, as we open up Your Word, that You'll speak to us and, and give us insight and wisdom and revelation. We thank You for these things, Father. We give You the praise and the honor for the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, and so, um, uh, let's see, let's open up to uh, first, uh, or Philippians chapter 3. Uh, we'll continue there today. Uh, and we, we were on uh, verse 13 uh, last week, and um, uh, we got down to uh, where it says, Brethren, I count not myself to have, ap to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. So, and again, uh, to me, that's, that's one of the most helpful verses if we could live that way. Uh, so uh, he says, this one thing I do. Uh, and, of course, uh, really the one thing that he does is there's really three things, right? He, he forgets, he reaches forth, and, and he presses on. Uh, but it starts out with the forgetting because you really can't do uh, all three of them until you do the forgetting. Uh, and he says, uh, this one thing I do, forget those things which are behind. So when does something that, that occurs in your life, when does it become something that's behind you? It's one second after it's occurred, right? I mean, it's going on right now, uh, and now it's over. It, it's a second ago, so now it's in the past, amen? 
So Paul said that uh, he that this is a very important thing to do. He said, uh, I haven't apprehended the things that I want to apprehend, which we talked about the really the, the living a victorious life is what he's trying to apprehend. Uh, but in order to, to achieve that goal of apprehending the, the victorious life, he said, this is how I do it. I, I forget those things which are behind. So uh, we talked last week about the types of things that are behind you, right? It's things that, that uh, uh, things that, you've done uh, or things that people have done to you that are wrong, things that you've done to other people that are wrong, and things that you've done that are successful, uh, which basically means everything, amen? And so uh, do you have that ability to do that? How many times have you heard people say, I, you know, I, I'm trying to get over it? And, and, you know, I don't even really know what that means, I'm trying to get over it, but I've heard that, that phrase, you know, or something very similar to it, Many times, I'm trying to, I'm trying to forgive them. I'm, I'm having a hard time forgiving them. And, and that is an untrue statement. That is something you just, you just don't want to. Amen? Uh, and, and you would help, your, you would help your, your goal by being more honest with yourself. If you say, I'm trying to, but I can't do it, you're not being honest. Because uh, it, it's, just a, it's just a choice, just like anything else. Do you want fries with that? And you don't go into long... Uh, days of intercessory prayer to answer that question. Amen. You don't know, well, I don't know if I want fries or not. Let me go think about it. I'm trying to decide if I want fries or not. Let me go, let me go put the pros and cons. You know, let me see. I, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. You're not doing that. Amen. You may, it may pause for a second. Well, do I want fries? Or maybe I want, you know, potato chips or something. Uh, it, it may take a second for you to decide, but you make a decision. Amen. And forgiveness is not any difference. Uh, forgiveness is no different than any other decision, amen? The, the, the difficulty we have is because our flesh rises up and says, if I forgive them, they won't know what they've done to me. They will not, not have suffered for the, the wrong they've done in my life. They need to suffer for the things they've done to me. Uh, and that's oftentimes the reason why we have a hard time forgiving is because we don't want them to get off the hook. We don't want them off the hook. We want them to suffer like we've suffered. We want them to feel our pain. We want them to under, understand what they've done to us and how it hurt us. Uh, and the, the, the problem with forgiveness is none of those things are required. It, it is not required in order to forgive somebody that they understand really what they've done. I don't have any problem with confronting people. I don't have any problem with saying, hey, what you've done is wrong. Uh, but, uh, uh, and, you know, and sometimes that's part of your human existence. Sometimes it may be helpful to let people know what you've done is wrong. But that's not really, it's not necessary for me to tell you you've done wrong before I forgive you. I may need to tell you that you've done wrong because I care and want you to, to be better, and that's fine, amen? Sometimes it's helpful to let people know, hey, you know, uh, you're really being a jerk here. You know, you, should, you can do better by not being such an unkind person. Uh, it's rare that I do that because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not your judge. I'm not your Holy Ghost, amen? But, you know, the, the Bible does say bear one of those burdens, and so sometimes it's, it's part of those burdens could be their, their lack of, of, of uh uh, of walking in love and you're helping them you're bearing that by helping them to see that they need to do better so i don't have a problem but there's not a lot in, there's not a lot in the word of god you know bob does say if, if you have something against your brother go and confront him uh, in matthew chapter 18 so there's a little bit of, there's not much though in, the, in that area there's very little about you confronting other people that have done things to you uh, but there is a lot about you forgiving other people amen uh, and so uh, what i would tell you is that whether you confront somebody or don't confront somebody, that's really that you should find out what the Lord wants you to do. Uh, and if he gives you instructions to go and confront somebody, then you go confront them. Uh, if he doesn't, then, then, then you leave it alone. Either way, whether you go and confront or you don't confront, you must forgive. Amen? And, uh, and, and, I, and I guarantee you this, if you, will, if you will be adamant about your forgiveness, it's easy to forget. It's the, the things that have been done to me in my life, I, I forgive people aggressively, I forgive them, and then it's just gone. It's not part of my life. You know, I've forgotten it. Now, I haven't forgotten it since that if somebody mentioned something to me, hey, did that ever happen to you? My, my mind would recall that incident, and yeah, I remember that, but it wouldn't be real. It, it, wouldn't, it, uh, it wouldn't open up old wounds. You know, people talk about that. Oh, you sorry, I didn't mean to open up that old wound. I haven't got any old wounds. Now, I've not got scars. People say, oh, you know, brother, I've got these scars and battle wounds. I've got all these. Uh, I, I thought Jesus healed the brokenhearted. 
If Jesus really healed a brokenhearted, then there are no scars and wounds. There's nothing, nothing healing. I need, I need spiritual healing. I need uh, mental healing. I don't need mental healing. I need to have my mind renewed. And I, need to, the only, the, I don't ever need spiritual healing because I'm born again. My, my spirit is sealed by the Holy Ghost. So there's no biblical doctrine for spiritual healing. Amen. When you're born again, you're not spiritually healed. You are born again. You are made brand new. Old things have passed away. So he, he didn't just duct tape you up and, and put a Band-Aid on you. you got a brand new spirit. Amen. It's brand new. Uh, it's it never existed before. And so it's not been healed. It's been just the old one was just cast aside and you got a brand new one. And so with your mind, your mind just needs to be renewed. It doesn't need to be healed. It needs to be renewed. What about your emotion? I need emotional healing. No, you need to, to put your emotions under the authority of your spirit man. Amen. The, the number one uh, place of authority in your life should be your spirit. Everything else should, should be subject to your spirit man. That would include your mind. What it, uh, mental healing is not a thing. Spiritual healing is not a thing. But people love those types of doctrines because they sell good. They sell well. Oh, brother, you need emotional healing. And then everybody starts crying. Yes, you're right. I need emotional healing. That's just what I need. And you're not going to be any better after you get whatever they sling on you than you were before. Amen. Uh, and I told you when, when um, uh, after my mother died, um, my, my father died in August of 79, seven, uh, nine months later, or seven months later, my mother died. Uh, well, no, it was nine months later. My mother died uh, uh, due to um, uh, liver disease. She was an alcoholic uh, all, of, all of my uh, childhood and became a professional alcoholic after my dad died. She, she just had no will to live. Uh, and, and so she died. Well, she was in a hospital for months, and she had, you know, as, as the liver uh, continued to degrade, she was hospitalized and was in there for, for several months. And then finally, uh, she came to. Uh, to the liver disease, and of course, and so she died. Well, she was in a hospital for months, and she had, you know, as, as the liver uh, continued to degrade, she was hospitalized and was in there for, for several months, and then finally uh, she succumbed to, uh, to the liver disease, and of course, we buried her, and, and I, I made a note to tell somebody, it went, for whatever reason, it just came up, so I didn't cry at my mother's funeral, and it wasn't, it wasn't like I was suppressed or had these weird emotions it was I dealt with it you know my mother was was she died she died slowly right she was dead you know long before she took her last breath uh, and so it wasn't even a thing it was just one of those things you just dealt with and so but the church I was in was everything was a devil and so they decided they needed to cast the devil out of not crying and I didn't know never heard of that particular devil of not crying but there was apparently a devil of not crying uh, and so they, I'm just like 16 years old they stuck me on the front row of the church and they all started screaming and hollering at me, you know, and, and of course, you, know, you don't know, and so you just, you go with the flow, and you start crying and slobbering, and, and, uh, and because I was crying and slobbering, therefore, the devil of not crying was cast out of me, and, uh, and, and but I wasn't any better before, during, or after, amen, you know, I didn't get a devil because of it, and I'm thankful to that, uh, but um, there was no devil, it was, it wasn't a thing, it wasn't, there was no, I didn't need any counseling or therapy, you know, I wasn't suppressed, and a lot of times people think that, uh, that if you're going to be a Christian, you need to have the appearance of not being in unforgiveness. And so what they do, they, they suppress their feelings, amen? They suppress their emotions. They suppress their anger. And the Lord never told us to do that. He said, put off the old man. He didn't say, hang on to him just in case you need him. He said, put off. That would mean including anything that's, the old man is anything that's yesterday, right? Well, that would include these things, amen? So when you're forgetting these things, you're not suppressing them and just not, not talking about them, he said, forget them. If you forgot them, they're not part of your life, amen? And so uh, th this is not, th this is not a, um, a hard thing to understand, but it, it can be, uh, especially if you're used to, to living this way, it can be difficult to train yourself to be this way uh, because we're so, we're so used to be told that we're emotional beings. We're not emotional beings. We're spirit beings, amen? But we're told you're an emotional being. Uh, I'm not an emotional being, what, uh, but uh, you have to forget those things. So if it's yesterday, you've got to forget it. Uh, and if it's a minute ago, you've got to forget it. Now, you know, in, uh, in, in dealing with things, you know, dealing with people, you know, for me as a pastor, uh, in, 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 as a pastor, but also just as a Christian, you know, if I, if I tell people things, if I do things, I, I don't just wring my hands, you know, oh, you know, did I tell them the right thing? Did I, you know, what if it hurt their feelings? And 
uh, I, don't, I just don't live that way. I, I live as if my desire is to do right. And, and have, ever, have I always done right every time? No, I, I, I'm, surely I've not always done right. But see, the way I live is the Lord is big enough to tell me, uh, and he has, look, uh, many times the Lord has told me that you know, a word or a, a phrase or a, a, a tone, I mean, some, sometimes the smallest thing to my wife, you know, he'll say, that tone right there, that's wrong. The attitude right there, that's wrong. Uh, it meant so many times he's told me that, you know, but it's not like I've done it like every day, but, but, um, but he, he never lets me get away with it. Uh, and so I'm going to live my life as if the Lord is big enough to tell me if I've done something wrong that, that I can go straighten it up. Otherwise, I just, I'm moving forward. Amen? If I, well, well, don't you think you hurt their feelings? Well, I, I checked my heart. Was my intent to hurt their feelings? See, if my intent was hurt, then I need to repent. If my intent was, yeah, I should have told them, then I do need to repent. But see, the Spirit of God is big enough to let me know that. He's, spirit, he's big enough to convict me when, when I do things wrong. Amen? And so, it's, uh, you know, people think, well, that, that's a sociopathic kind of, you know, they get into psychology. That's kind of a sociopathic mentality that you, that you can do, or, or narcissism, right, where everything's about you, and they've got all these psychological words uh, that they do. I, I, I don't study those psychology. I don't study. I study the Word of God. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the world and, and the corporate world and, and the church is all, all the time trying to inject psychology into the church. You've got to avoid that. I study the Word of God. I don't study psychological manuals. I don't study psychology. I don't study, you know, how, how to influence people, how to get them on your side, how to, you know, convince people to, to help around the church. Uh, to me, it's like, it's like, hey, we need some help. What if they don't come? That's not, that's not my problem. Amen? Uh, I, I encourage people, you know, we're all servants of the Most High God. We should serve uh, all the days of our life. Amen? And I think around here we do a great job. I don't have to beg you to come. Uh, and if you don't come... Because if you don't come and I get mad at you, then I find out, well, why did you come? Well, my mother died. I was burying her. Oh, well, yeah. I guess that's an excuse, you know. But next time, you know, hurry it up, right? I mean, how many times have you gotten mad at somebody because they didn't perform the way you think? And you find out, well, you know, a tragedy occurred and now you feel bad because you were such uh, an unkind person. And so I just leave it alone. Well, what, what if they don't show up? I have to leave it alone. Well, do you know? Do you know if they, do you know if they had something? I mean... And it could be they're just lazy, no one to come. I mean, you know, that's, it's, sometimes they just really are wrong. Sometimes they may not be wrong. Well, how do you know? Well, unless the Lord tells me, I just leave it alone. Amen? Uh, and so, uh, it's, uh, see, see, we have to live in such a way that, that, uh, that the Lord can, can change our course and direction. And so that's why it's easy to forget the things that lie behind, because uh, my heart is always to help and to be a blessing. And if I say something and somebody comes back, you know what you said, uh, uh, you know, uh, a month ago, you know, that really offended me. Okay, well, you know, I'm sorry that it offended you. Uh, and, um, I, you know, there, uh, one fellow, one time he, uh, he called me up and, and he'd asked me to do some stuff on the computer for him and I did that. And he called me up and said, hey, you know, uh, thanks for, for doing that. You know, no problem, glad to do it, right? Oh, you're just the best, you know. Uh, well, you know, I'm glad I could help you. Oh, yeah, you don't know how awesome you are. You're so, you're so amazing, right? And it went on and on. And after a while, I just quit talking. Because, number one, I'm not worthy to be worshipped. Amen? Uh, and you want to go on and on about how wonderful I am? See, then it crosses a line somewhere. Amen? If you cross a line that, that you've elevated me above dirt, then, then, then that's not my place. Amen? And so I just, I just, I just shut down. I don't, I just shut down. And then, well, I didn't mean to offend you. Well, you didn't offend me, you know. I just stopped responding to your, to your accolades. Well, what's wrong? And he kept on, you know, what did I do? Did I do something wrong? And, and finally I said, look, I said, you should have stopped early on. You know, he, uh, I said, you're really immature and you keep on these things. And, but he asked me, right? I just kind of told him I wasn't mean about it. You were in the th you were in room. You probably thought I was mean about it, you know. Did you think I was mean at the time? <laughs> it makes Chris nervous if I ever say anything, amen. But but uh, but uh, you know I had no ill will towards him. But he you know he kept asking me. Finally you know I said, hey you know you need to grow up, amen. In fact I think I told him he's acting like a girl. But you know uh, uh, and so uh, uh, well I just moved on from that. You know, next time I saw him I didn't I didn't have any I didn't hold anything against him because he'd done that. 
Uh, and a week, week or two later, I think it was like three weeks later, he came up in the sound booth. You know what you said? You offended me. You shouldn't have done that. And he's just mad. mad you know, was, now, nothing I said was wrong. See, he wasn't mad that what I said was wrong. He was mad that I said it. And see, anytime you get mad because something is said, even if it's true, you're immature. Amen. You, you should go, yes, sir, you're right. I'll, I'll, I'll do better. That should be there. Even if they're, even if they're wrong in saying it, if it's true, I know it wasn't spoken in love, but if it's true, well, then okay, then, then you've got some change to do, amen? Uh, at least just take it like that, to take it like a man in that sense. You know, Paul did say, quit you like men, amen? In other words, uh, act like a man. And so, uh, well, he, you know, what you did was, you know, you offended me. And so I just looked at him and said, you know, I apologize for offending you. Well, you know, he didn't know what to do because he was expecting me to, to buck up and to argue my case and to, you know, de- defend myself. And, well, I, you know, what I said was right. You know, you should. And, and, you know, I was sincerely, you know, sincere that I, that I apologized for offending him. I didn't apologize for uh, saying right words, uh, but I just, you know, I just had an unction. Well, I'll just apologize for offending him and took all the wind out of his sails. And he was still mad. But, see, he didn't know how to be mad because he wanted me to... to you know, to get a pound of flesh from me. And so, you know, you've you got to be led by the Spirit of God in those things. I don't always apologize when I say things if it was right. Uh, but, you know, in that case, it, w- it was fine to do that. Uh, and so, uh, but see, the moment I got done talk with him on the phone, it was over in my heart. I didn't hold it against him. I wasn't thinking about him. I wasn't, you know, I really should have told him this or should have told him that. And then when I apologized, it was over. I, you know, it, it's it, because I forget those things that are behind. We've got to move forward not in a narcissistic, you know, in, where it's all about you. You're not suppressing things. You're not hiding things. You're just living a, an honest life with the Lord. Uh, and if you're an honest life with the Lord and you say things and sometimes it does uh, cause people to be offended, that's, you know, uh, you've got to check your own heart in the, that moment, right? Because if you're not careful in teaching this, people say, then I can live however I want to. I didn't say you can live however you want to. In fact, you shouldn't live however you want to. You should live the way the Word of God and Spirit of God instructs you to live. If you will live that way, then yes, you can forget those things which are behind. If you're just leaving dead bodies everywhere you go, and you shot this guy, and you buried that guy, and you told, well, I told that guy, and, and you told that guy, and, well, you're just, you're just being an unkind person, amen? If you're, if you're not living by the word of God, then, uh, then this, you're not doing this verse anyway, because primarily Paul's talking about the things that are done to him and, and also the wonderful things that he's done. You remember uh, when they tried to worship him? Oh, you're... you're, you're uh, uh, Mercury, right? Uh, it was it Mercury? Apollos and Paul was one was called Mercury, one was called something else, right? Uh, they were called two Greek gods, and they wanted to, to make an off, uh, uh, offering towards them, killing you know uh, uh, some kind of mammal on their behalf, and they had to run and stop. You know, we're just men like you, amen. Uh, and so, uh, so in, in dealing with uh, unforgiveness, you know, this is a, a, a really important verse, amen. See, if you can't forget it, then you really haven't forgiven them. Uh, you have to pardon them in your heart, and, and you've got to get past that. And, and the, other, the other aspect of that is, what have you done wrong? What are, what are you not forgiving yourself for? See, for, forgetting those things, he didn't say forgetting the things which people have done to you that are behind you. He said forgetting those things which are behind. Well, did you do something yesterday? Did you do something wrong yesterday? Uh, did you do something terribly wrong yesterday? Uh, well, can you forgive yourself? Uh, and, and what happens a lot of times is Christians will put themselves in self-imposed exile. I can't be used of the Lord. I can't be used of the Lord. Well, why not? I, I, I've done too many things wrong. Would the Lord tell you you've done too many things wrong? Uh, you know, if you put yourself in self-imposed exile and say, the Lord, you can't use me anymore, then you've overridden the head of the church. You said, I'm now the, my Lord, the Lord of my life, not the Lord. Amen? Uh, and, and now, has the Lord ever uh, taken people out of position that disqualify themselves? Well, if they disqualify themselves, sometimes you know, they're taking themselves out of the position. But see, the Lord, is, is he not the redeemer? Can he not redeem even you for the mistakes that you made even after you became a Christian? Well, surely he can, Amen? Now, you have to follow the path the Lord wants you to follow, amen? Because sometimes people do things wrong, and they're like, well, you just all need to accept me. Well, see, uh, you can't make other people accept you in spite of your sin. 
You can't dictate to other people how they treat you. Amen? But a lot of times people do. Well, I made a mistake. You all need to forgive me and forget about it. Well, all you can do is what you can do. Amen? It's not your job to tell people how to act. Uh, and so, you know, there, there are times when, when uh, the Lord will have you leave certain situations. Amen? I know when we were uh, at our church with my pastor, we were there for, for 20 years or so, and the Lord said, it's time to go. And so we left. Well, couldn't you reconcile? Well, I mean, I love to reconcile. I, I think there should never be an issue between two Christians ever. Period, right? There shouldn't be anything we can't overcome. Amen? But there requires two people to do that. If one person is just intransigent and just refuses to yield, refuses to forgive, refuses to walk in love, sometimes you have to walk away. And if the Lord says to walk away, now see, I, I, will, you know, I will stay long past the expiration date if, uh, if the Lord doesn't tell me to leave. Uh, but sometimes the Lord will tell you, you know, you, you've got to leave. You've got to leave the situation. Uh, and uh, there are lots of cases like that where you should do that. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, but forgiving yourself, uh, you know, you have to forgive yourself, but you can't demand other people forgive you. Now, you know, from the standpoint of, you know, you've got to forgive and act like I've never done anything. Well, you know, there's a balance in that because if you do something wrong to me, I do forgive you, but that doesn't mean I have to trust you. Amen? I mean, if you're a thief and a robber and, and you know, you're, you're embezzling all the time, I can forgive you as I walk you out the door. Amen? And hold no ill will against you, but you can't work there anymore. Uh, I mean, it's not that we're in unforgiveness, but, you know, trust is earned. Amen? And you, you wouldn't put an ad of paper you know, wanted somebody who is a snake in the grass and a thief, please come work for me. Nobody's going to make, put that advertisement in a paper, right? Wanted uh, a professional embezzler, please come work for me. Nobody's going to put that advertisement in a paper, right? Every advertisement for a position comes with the, with the unspoken rule, and you must be a person of character, amen? Nobody wants a person of no character, and if you prove that you have no character, well, you're not, you, they're not obligated to keep you, even if they forgive you. you know, they may not charge, uh, hold anything against you, but that doesn't mean that, that, they, uh, that they have to have you in there. I've heard lots of stories where even pastors will embezzle money from the church. Thousands and thousands of dollars, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars from the church. Uh, and the church will just walk them out the door, and they won't press charges against them. They won't sue them because they don't want the... the uh, uh, the news about it in the papers, because it'll get in the papers, right? Oh, local pastor, you know, this thing, that thing happened to him. Uh, and, uh, and so, but you think if that pastor came back, said, hey, yeah, I'd like to come back, you know, uh, I, I repented yesterday, and I know it's only been, uh, it's already been three days, so that should be enough time for you all to forgive me, right? No, you know, they, they may want you to see you, where have you been for the last 20 years? We want to see the books, and maybe we'll think about it. More than likely, they wouldn't even think about it, and so, you know, forgiveness does not mean that you have to accept somebody back wholly as if nothing has changed. You have to determine in that situation what is reasonable, amen? What, uh, and so uh, forgiveness means you pardon them, uh, and they may have to go on their own way, amen? Uh, and that's okay. Uh, you, have to, you have to make sure in your heart that you're not harboring ill will against them, and that's why you, you won't let them in, amen? Some things, they can be recovered, Amen. You know, a lot of pastors do a lot of things that are, that are, are not uh, kosher, and oftentimes the church will forgive them and allow them to stay. Amen? Uh, again, I think that's up to the church. I think if the, if the pastor does something wrong and it becomes a public, uh, public knowledge, I'm not talking about, like, parking in the wrong spot or, you know, things like that. I'm talking about, you know, things that are, that are obviously uh, uh, an egregious sin. Um, and what is that? There's no list. It's whatever, what is, whatever happens. Amen? then I think it's fair for the church to decide. Uh, you know, even if the pastor started the church, I think it's fair for the church to decide. You know, what do you all want me to do? Would you like me to stay or go? You know, I've repented and done these things. What would you like me to do? And they may say, well, we want you to go away for a month and then, and then we'll talk about it. Well, that'd be a fair thing to do, amen? So the, the, the thing, there's no law about that. There's no law that when you forgive that you're required to accept somebody back in your life as if nothing happened, Amen. Uh, because, again, if they violate trust, you know, people have been mad at me because I can't believe you don't trust me. That's not my fault I don't trust you. It's your fault I don't trust you. You're an untrustworthy person. I don't know what I'm going to get from you. Don't be mad at me because I don't, you know, forgiveness and trust are not the same thing, amen? Trust is an earned relationship. 
the Lord, no, the Lord can, can short-circuit that in, in the sense that he can tell me that person can be trusted. Okay, well, then I can, I'll trust him. You know, I don't have to wait for them to perform in such a way. He can just let me know that I can trust him because he knows everything, amen? But there are some things. In fact, there was a situation, you know, Brother Hagin would tell the story many times that uh, he was needing two things in, in his ministry. This is before he had an office and a secretary and, and those types of things. But his ministry was growing, and so he's needing office space. Uh, and and uh, one fellow said, hey, you know, I've got this office space. Uh, there's a secretary there. He said, you come set your ministry up there. I'll, I'll pay the secretary, pay all the utilities. You know, you just, you just, you just go and, and uh, uh, put your ministry at that building. Well, that sounds like a pretty good deal, right? And then uh, right in the same time frame, another fellow said, hey, I've got the best uh, duplicating equipment in the country. I can produce all your tapes, you know, at basically at cost. Uh, I can do it fast. You know, I can, uh, I can handle all of your orders. No problem. Uh, take care of you. Uh, and a, re- a great price, right? That cost is a pretty good price, right? Uh, and so he's thinking about it. Sounds like a pretty good deal, right? I mean, you know, uh, but that's the problem with the church sometimes. If it looks good, then well, that's got to be God. But it, it, it doesn't matter whether it looks good or doesn't look good. I mean, even in like a great deal, the Lord may say that's a, that's a better deal than you think because of this, this, and this. He, he knows everything, doesn't he? He knows that, well, tomorrow they're going to cut the price in half or whatever. You know, he knows everything, amen? So, so my, my decision is not based upon what I can observe and measure. My decision is what's the will of God? And so he's kind of mulling over it, and, uh, and Lord Jesus appeared to him one day in one of his visions, and, um, and there was an angel with them. And so they chit-chatted a while, and he said, who's this fella? He said, well, he's your angel. And, of course, there's a whole, whole discussion about, you mean I have my own angel? Well, the Lord said, you know, uh, the children, their angels are ever before me, amen. So you've got an angel assigned to you. He will be with you all the days of your life. And if, depending on your, your call of God and walk of God in your life, you may have multiple angels assigned to you. Uh, and so uh, he said he has, he has a word of the Lord for you. And, of course, that messed up Brother Hagin's doctrine. Well, you know, uh, since when do angels speak? Well, angels have spoken all through the Word of God to people. I remember uh, the angel went to, went to Peter in the New Testament and spoke to him and said, get dressed, we're leaving the prison. Well, that was an angel, amen? Uh, and even Paul said that the angel of the Lord, whose I am and whom I serve, has spoken to me this night when he was on the ship on their way to Rome. Uh, and so angels can speak. That they can't preach the gospel. You'll never see an angel preaching the gospel, get anybody saved. But they, they are, in fact, they're called messengers. Amen? Well, why are they called messengers? Well, what's the job of a messenger? To deliver a message, right? And he said, uh, so finally he said, well, speak on. And he said, I am sent from the presence of Almighty God to tell you not to accept these two deals because their, their motives are not pure. They want to control the ministry, and they think if they can get you using them, and, and then you'll feel obligated to, to them in your ministry. And, and, and so... Uh, within X number of months, you'll have all the money you need to set up your own office and buy your own equipment. And sure enough, within a few months, he had that. Uh, and so, uh, you know, those men were untrustworthy, but they didn't look untrustworthy. So you have to, the, the nice thing about the Spirit of God is he tells you everything. He tells you whether, okay, that person we trust. Other people, I wouldn't give my milk money, you know. I mean, you just look at them. Uh, and, and the Spirit of God, we don't trust them. And like, okay, you know, well, are you judging them? I'm not judging them. The Spirit of God speaks to you, right? And he didn't say they're, they're unworthy. Uh, you know, you're not judging their worth. You're not judging their eternal destiny. You're not judging them at all. If the Lord says don't, don't use them or don't, uh, uh, don't trust them, then you can't trust them. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, and I, and I, to me, it's really easy. If the Lord says don't do that, then it's really simple. Amen. So uh, we've got to forget those things which are behind. So what has been done to you? Can you forget it? Sure you can. And don't ever believe the lie that it's hard. It's not hard. It's, it's the easiest thing in the world to do anything the Lord tells you to do. Your spirit man, it's always easy for your spirit man. Your flesh may not like it, but, uh, but we've talked a lot about forgiving people is you've got to be aggressive, amen? And you forgive them, and then you, you speak blessings over their life uh, uh, until that's forgotten, until it's just no, no longer a part of your life. You forget the things that you've done wrong. That sometimes can be harder for people. You've got to, if you did it wrong yesterday, you've got to forget it. And then the third thing you forget is uh, what have you done that's successful? What have you done that's amazing? Oh, don't you remember that thing I did so long ago? You know? uh, and, and again, uh, is there anything wrong with testifying what, what the Lord has used you? I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Amen. In fact, it, it encourages people. Hey, what has the Lord done in your life? That's, the whole, that's a testimony, right? A testimony is what has the Lord done in your life? And so it's not that you're, 
uh, that you have to forget those things, but you have to forget the, the, uh, the accolades of that. You have to forget that you're a valuable person because you did that. Of course, you're not a valuable person anyway because you did that, but you, it has to be no more real to you, except for you know, sometimes when you're talking with somebody and they're really struggling, and the Spirit of God prompts you, hey, tell them a story of what I did for you last week. Oh, well, you know, that same thing happened to me, and here's what the Lord did. And see, as long as it's in your heart that it's always the Lord, it's fine. Amen. But see, if you're living in the glory days, uh, I remember when Jared was, was in, was in Pee Wee football, uh, his, co- his two coaches played high school football. And they've been out of school for 10 years, 15 years, but you ever known people that played high school football? They're still living high school football. Oh, you remember that game against, you know, our, our nemesis? Oh, he was on the fourth down, and, and we were just inches to go, and, and you pulled it out of nowhere. And it just, it's still real to them. It's like, you know, well, when that happened? Uh, it was 87 years ago next Tuesday. I mean, really? Uh, you know, you're, you're still living that? Amen? So you've got to put that behind. And, and it's, really, it's really easy in the ministry, if you're not careful, to always try to bring up all the wonderful things you've done, uh, all the people you've helped. I know with, uh, you know, even with Brother Hagen, he talked about how he used to tell, uh, he used to track how many people that uh, he had prayed for to receive the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he said, when he got the 10,000 people, the Lord said, now you quit counting because you're going to get into pride about that. And so he quit counting, you know, so it was more than 10,000. Well, that's a lot more than I've prayed for to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But you remember in the old covenant with David, remember when he took a census uh, of Israel? And his general said, uh, don't, don't do that, David. You know, please don't do that. Shut up. Do it anyway. And, of course, he got out of the will of God. And plague came, and he had to go and, and make a sacrifice to the Lord. Uh, and and uh, it was terrible. But, but it, it was all about, look what I've done. Look at this nation I've built and, and, and uh, conquered all these enemies. Look at how wonderful we are. And the Lord doesn't want to share his glory. We are unworthy to have glory. Amen. So you've got to always be careful about uh, uh, in your heart. And, and, you know, and I bring this up on a regular basis, even to our, to our church members here. You know, what, what would your heart be if 200 people showed up tomorrow and stayed in this church, right? And we had to knock out that wall and, and uh, use that sanctuary. What would your heart be? Amen. See, I ask myself all, that all the time, but it's important for you to ask that question, too. Would you go around town? Oh, we're, we're, the, we're, the, we're the growing church. We're the church that we, we're knocking out walls. What, what, how's your church doing, right? Uh, you know, you'd have to be really careful of, of uh, that, right? Because you've got to forget that. The 200 show up, praise God, we thank the 200, we move on. We don't forget the 200, we thank we're there, we still minister to them, pray for them, amen, do, the, do everything we need to with them. We'd start doing all kinds of things we're not doing today, uh, and, and that's fine, right? But, but we have to forget the glory of that, amen? You have to forget those things, and that can be hard to do, amen? It's, if, you're, if you're one who likes the attention or one who likes to, to be bragged upon, you know, I don't like it when people brag on me uh, uh, because I'm unworthy to be, to be worshipped. Amen? Uh, and, and I know sometimes, you know, you all do past appreciation and, uh, and that's fine. And sometimes, but then you sometimes you get up and start saying things. And, and, I, and there's been once or twice I, I was this close to standing up. We've got to shut it down, you know. And I don't want to be, I don't want to throw a big wet blanket on things. And so generally I just sit there and be quiet. But I remember one time... Uh, uh, Brother Hagin's son, Ken Jr., was up, and he, I liked Andrews, my dad. Uh, he's the best uh, minister there ever was. You know, he's the best. He's a prophet of God. He, he's done some amazing things. He's such an awesome person, and went on and on and on. Uh, and please welcome uh, Kenneth E. Hagin. Well, they're all applauding. Well, if you listen really carefully on the tape, and I, you know, I, I should mark it which tape it is. You know, I've got so many, but uh, Brother Hagin's walking up to the podium. And, and you can hear him tell his son, I told you not to do that. <laughs> uh, and so he's a great man of faith. You know, he said, I told you not to do that. So uh, can, can you do this? You know, again, I know we kind of rehashing these things again, because if you, if you can't forget in those three areas, then you can't, the, the very next step is, is I reach forth unto those things which are before me. So you can't move forward if you can't forget what's behind you. Because a lot of Christians go through their life doing this right here. They're, they're, they're walking backwards in this direction, but they're always looking in the past. Amen? Well, you're, what are you going to happen? Well, you're going to stumble. You're going to fall, right? You're going you're gonna to go in the wrong direction. But a lot of Christians are walking backwards in their life. They're moving in, in maybe the right direction in that moment, 
but their, their focus and their energy and their thoughts are yesterday. The coulda, woulda, shouldas, or the glory days of yesterdays, or why did, why did I do better, or can't, I can't believe what they've done to me. Uh, but Paul said, if Paul said, uh, I forget those things that are behind, then does that mean you have the capacity to do it? It does, amen? Uh, and, and be careful about your confession. Don't ever say it's hard to forgive. It is not hard to forgive. If the Lord said for you to if the Lord said for you to forgive, it's very easy for you to forgive. Um, uh, and don't ever say I'm working on it. It shouldn't take more than a nanosecond. And I've known people they spend years. I'm working on it. I'm really working on forgiving them. You know, it's really hard because what they did is so bad. Uh, and you know, I, I've people do, done that, and 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 even in the same situation that I'm in. And the same person do something bad to them that they've done to me, except they do, do it even worse to me. And like, well, you're saying it's hard for you to forgive, but you know they did the same thing to me, and, except worse. Why can't you forgive? Well, you know, it just doesn't mean as much to you. Oh, well, whatever, you know. Just, you know people just make excuses for their sin. Because unforgiveness is a sin, amen? Because uh, it, is it a violation of the will of God? Then it's a sin, amen? Uh, and so, so don't, uh, don't ever forget uh, that you can, that you have the capacity to do it. Amen. Uh, and uh, we'll finish up for today, for today but uh, uh, we'll read a couple of verses next week, which should help us to encourage us that uh, we can do this. Amen. Uh, but it's, it's a big, it's a hindrance to a lot of people. It's a roadblock to a lot of people's spiritual walk with the Lord. They can't ever move past that. Remember what we talked about, I think on Sunday morning, where we build altars. Amen. An event was done to you. Somebody did something terrible to you. First thing you do is you build an altar. And you spend your rest of your life worshiping that altar, reminding yourself the terrible thing that that happened. Well, just forget it. Just move on. Just forget it. It was a terrible thing. It doesn't matter. You move on. You're going to heaven. What's it matter? What's the worst they could possibly do to you? Kill you. And you go, go to heaven. Well, how bad could that be? Amen. It's even worse than death. Really? It's worse than dying. Huh? Wow. I mean, you're saying that, but you don't really mean that. Amen. Uh, and so, but people will use in the church all kinds of excuses why they don't have to do the will of God. Amen. While they especially can't forget those things which lie behind. And yet, uh, you know, Paul, but yet doesn't Paul list many times the things that were done to him? You know, uh, all these stripes, right? Uh, 39 stripes many times, right? Uh, five times he was, he was, uh, had uh, 40 stripes saved one. Uh, and, and um, you know, stoned, left for dead. Amen. Accused of all manner of evil. Attacked by the, the high priest and, and the Sadducees and the Pharisees. I mean, same people attacked Jesus, attacked Paul. And yet he said, I, I forget those things. And you can tell in his writings, you know, he's not, got a, he's not bitter, not angry at these people. You know, he does sometimes tell us, you know, well, I handed that guy over to Satan. You know, more than one person he handed over to Satan for the destruction of their flesh. But um, he was worshiping, uh, singing, uh, and praising God at midnight with Silas in the prison. Amen. Uh, after just ca- he just cast the devil out of a woman, saved her life, and they threw him in prison for the, just doing good. Was he bitter, mad? You know, no, she never pays you to do good. You ever hear Christians say that? You know, uh, 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 there's a lot of phrases that are people say like that. You know, that uh, you do good and you, and you get paid with nothing but but tears. Or there's uh, I don't know what uh, anybody know any phrases like that. There's some phrases like that. You know, no good. Yeah, that's the one I was trying to think of. No good deed goes unpunished. That's a lie. Yeah, it's, a, it's a terrible confession, and it's a lie. Amen? Uh, I don't live that way. I'll, I'll do good. I'll, I'll, you don't like it that I do good? That's not my problem. Not my problem. Amen? I'm going to forget it. Is it over? Yeah, I've already forgotten it, right? Uh, and so uh, we can do it. Amen? Uh, and again, the forgetting does not mean that your mind doesn't have record of that event occurring. It's just when that, when that, that event is mentioned, uh, what's your emotions? Amen. Does the hair on the back of your head stand up? Does your face get flushed and, and embarrassed because it remind, reminds you of something you did yesterday? Uh, well, what about a thousand years ago? Uh, I mean, I've had times when just driving down the road all by myself, I get embarrassed for remembering something I did in high school. You know, it's like, I can't believe I did that. You know, uh, and just, nobody's there. Uh, and you got to deal with it. Amen. Well, I, just, I have to forget that. Amen. Uh, so let's do it. Uh, and what you will find if you'll live that way, You'll be at peace all the time. People in turmoil all the times in their life so many times because of yesterday. And it's all yesterday. When did it happen? Uh, a minute ago? Okay, it's, it's behind you. You've got to forget it. Oh, you don't know what they did to me. It, 
does, is there any footnotes? Forget, unless it's on this list of things. No footnotes, right? So that means how many things can be forgotten? Everything, amen? There's nothing that, you, that you've experienced in your life, good, bad, or indifferent, that cannot be forgotten, amen? And, and so that will allow you then to press forward, but you'll never press forward if you're always looking backwards, amen? So let's pray and thank the Lord for his word. So Father, we thank you for the word of God. And Father, I thank you that if you said the, to forget those things which lie behind, Father, then, then I have the capacity to do that. If my heart is right to always do right, then I can always move forward, Father. I don't have to, I don't have to wonder. I don't have to be concerned. Uh, and even if I do wrong, your spirit is big enough to, to let me know that what I've done was wrong. Uh, and so, Father, I thank you for that. I thank you that we have the capacity to do it because you said for us to do it. And so we thank you for your grace to do that, Father. We choose to live that way. That's a person of faith will live that way. And so we thank you for it, Father. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, like I said, I, I still think that verse is, is, uh, would, would help so many Christians in their life if they could live the, the full extent of that verse uh, and be free, be, uh, just be a free person, amen, uh, and not always having to remind people what I've done. Hey, did you remember what I did that was so wonderful the other day? Uh, you know, I'll jokingly do that with my kids sometimes. Uh, I'll tell, I tell my kids all the time, I said, you all won the parent lottery. You know, you got the best parents in the whole world. Uh, and, and um, uh, you know, I say that just because I think it's funny. But um, uh, praise God. Well, let's get ready to receive this evening's offering. And so um, let's see what well, we've got. Uh, we had Easter, an Easter egg hunt there. So, um, oh, yeah, bring water. That's right. In, in May, right? So we actually have two uh, ministers coming in different times in May. And so uh, Brother Larry Hutton be with us. And uh, uh, May is the month of Larry's, right? So we got Brother Larry Hutton and uh, Larry Angela Keaton be with us uh, beginning and end of May there. Normally we don't do that. It just kind of worked out their schedule uh, for that to happen. So come ahead, Mr. Jared. And just real quick also while Jared's do, uh, receiving the offering, um, be praying for uh, Doris. She uh, fell and... and uh, uh, hurt her nose pretty bad, and, and um, we don't know the extent of, of uh, what will have to be done in order to do that, but um, she's all cut up, and, and um, I'm sure she's in pain there, so we'll be praying for her there. And um, Miss Vicki Knox is uh, in, in the hospital right now with high blood pressure issues, and so I'll uh, be praying for Miss Vicki. And um, I think that's it, right? Everything else? All is well? Amen? All is well. All right. We'll be blessed. We'll see you all on Sunday.